Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Robots Don't Age. In this corner, you have your beautifully bearded co-host, Cody. And in the blue corner, you have the Dongmaster, CJ. Hi. And in the red corner, one, the only kinky co-host, Keanu. Hello, motherfuckers. And now for five, uh, and now for five rounds, five minutes each, uh, by the Las Vegas... Fuck, I lost it. Whatever, I'm not Bruce Buffer. I tried. You, you did valiantly, sir. I, I thought you were doing great. It was a good opening. I fumbled in. Anyways, um, Robots Don't Age. This is another episode of We Will Wreck You, where we talk about things we recommend. In particular, this time, things that are underrated, underappreciated, or deserve a revisit because, you know, maybe it uh, was dealt with unfairly the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into the meat and bones and the potatoes and the grave and the digging and the dead parts, um, CJ, what have you been up to? Well, I recently did a uh, first playthrough of Days Gone, as I told you about while I was doing it. And uh, that w- that game's pretty good. You could tell it's Sony's uh, second attempt to capture that Last of Us magic. Yeah, it did really well, too. I'm pretty sure in terms of like game sales, but they just didn't want to greenlight a sequel. Yeah, I think it's because um, at this point, limiting the consoles don't make sense. Like, limiting, like, console exclusives, in my opinion, don't make a ton of sense. You're telling me I can't play Starfield on my PS5. What what also doesn't make sense, and it's I'll try not to rant on it, is the fact that games, like, will go to PC, for instance, but pick a specific launcher to be on, like, Epic Games that... Look, no one wants to download Epic Games Launcher. Epic right? Games fucking sucks. That, the EA app also everyone sucks. has it, I'll admit, but we, every time everyone has ever installed Epic Games Launcher, there's a big sigh. <sighs> <laughs> They're going to give you a free game to download it, but also nothing's going to work on that launcher. Oh, look, Dead Island 2 looks kind of fun. Let me check it out. Oh, wait, it's locked behind Epic Games Store. Yeah. Sigh. Yes. yes. So, but yeah, no, that game's pretty cool. Um, you could tell there's a lot of Sons of Anarchy inspiration to the characters. Yeah, the acting is a little bit kind of cheesy, but not in a bad way. Like I loved it. I Yeah, I loved That game is fun. Not very often will there be a game where I'm like, let me do all these side missions and unlock all these zones. But this yeah. is one of them. The camp setup's awesome. Every settlement having its own loyalty and currency base. The See it? shooting on the motorcycle while you drive is a blast. Oh yeah, the motorcycle system was pretty cool. I didn't like it at first, but I got used to the controls. It's just when you play keyboard and mouse, driving is never that great in a uh, lot of games. Uh, yeah, and that's not a great game to start with either when you like have the first bike and it's all janky and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I also wanted more custom like visual options, but maybe I just couldn't find them. Because I, I kept seeing the skins getting unlocked, but I never got to apply them. There but was anyway, a certain camp you had to go to for it, and a certain—I I can't remember exactly—but I know what you're talking about. I feel like this game pushed you to do the side objectives in like a progressive way because I did it for the sake of like with Death Stranding to unlock ease of travel. So I did want to explore, but it was also that I wanted to make sure I wasn't getting harassed by an entire horde every yeah. time I drove through, or could fast travel through if I didn't want to drive. Or if your bike gets stuck somewhere because you ran out of gas like a real asshole at the beginning and you have to walk. In that second part, all the sniper traps got so damn annoying. Oh, God, you just get hit out of nowhere, fall off your bike, it's right. Yeah, dude, you get almost no time to spot them. But, yeah, so with, like, a game like Dying Light, the only reason I cleared out zones there was just either to hide for the night 
or because I wanted to kill stuff because that game it was just fun to kill stuff. It is really fun. Yes. Yeah. So the trick to a good zombie game, I guess, is making it fun to deal with the the killing of the zombies. Who'd have fucking thought? Who'd have fucking thought? Just like with the first Dead Rising, when you find the auger in the in the uh, mall, and you stick it in that first zombie, and you watch it twirl around, you're like, this is something special. The Dead Rising games are <laughs> something that I had to go back to appreciate. Where I'm like, oh, this is the goofiest shit ever, and I'm gonna have a blast for the next like five hours. That game was the reason I bought an Xbox 360 when I was younger, or wanted one. My parents got it for me. Uh, as soon as we saw that game, we were like, that game looks fun, and it's made by Capcom. It can't be bad. So, yeah, the first couple of games are fun. Yeah. Um, anything else, sir? What else have you been up to? Um, let me see if I can think of anything else. Well, I've been uh, watching Reservation Dogs as that those come out as I've been. I, I try not to spoil them because I know you're a bit behind. But um, there, this season, it's pretty good. There's uh, some hit or miss episodes I could see for some people. I like all of it because I'm fully invested. But um, yeah. really cool, really cool show. I haven't started the season yet, and I don't know why I'm hesitating because I know it's a funny show, but like, there's a lot of emotion and heart in there, and it just it can set you off balance. It there there is some in this, but I'll tell you like, um. You could see where they could have stopped with season two, but there's a cool, there's other characters and a whole other world they built up in the first season and second one as well that they sort of got to step away from spoiler alert in the second season. That's kind of a spoiler, right? Yeah, sure. Sort of. So yeah, so that big emotional impact is not much of a factor anymore, but there are some emotional impacts to be had and um, one of the episodes dealing with a residential school. Oof. So yes, uh, that that been watching that show, having fun with it uh, where I can. I recommend it obviously, but that's not part of our thing. That's for later. But that'd exactly. be that. Pre- that's pretty much it for me. What about uh, what about uh, what about Kiani? What what about our kinky co-host, y'all? Oh, you know no. things. I've got things. This thing just had six minutes and came up with things. Look, look, I have I have a list. Um, so currently I am listening to the book Outlander, well, the Outlander series. I know that there's like a TV show series of that now. Um, my mom had been trying to talk me into watching it and I'm, you know, you guys know, I don't spend a lot of time watching things. Yeah. It's a bit Um, of a chore to get you to watch something. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cause I, I like to craft and things like that. And so I like to do things that I can like crochet or paint so it's usually listening to books um so that's a no on our lord of the rings special then huh i mean i'd watch lord of the rings <laughs> that's uh, i'd definitely be down for that okay Man, that would take that's so fucking long i was talking lord of the rings and the hobbit you see i pushed the envelope Cody. oh well i mean if i've listened i've listened <laughs> to some of those books <laughs> and and we're gonna watch the amazon prime show rings of power which is a prequel series no <laughs> no 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 that might as well throw in that old animated uh, Lord of the Rings one. Oh yeah, yeah, the old Hobbit as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really double down on everything. Just, Tolkien. just get it all in there. That one seems like a bad LSD trip, but I don't mean to stomp on your uh, your recents. I'm sorry, Keanu. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to Outlander. It's based in like the Scottish Highlands. Spoilers. Um, oh. Basically, she ends up going to like she's on vacation in the Highlands. At, like with her husband but she was she she's from like the 19 something like 
1940s or something like that. So it's okay. not it's not like hella present time. But she ends up like walking through she like they what are those stones called? Like Stonehenge, not Stonehenge specifically, but you know, there's like tons of areas that are with stones like that. She's okay. like touching one and gets transported back like 200 years. Okay, so like a rune. Yeah, basically like around the time of the Battle of Culloden. Um, okay. And she ends up like getting married and going through all this crazy shit and like trying to like stop the battle because she gets married to a Scot and she ends up out of necessity to yeah. like to keep herself alive basically but then they end up like really fucking loving each other and okay. it's and there's a lot of there a lot of war a little bit of magic wrapped up in there you know what i'm saying she almost gets burned as a witch because she's like a, a doctor she was a nurse in the in the army from like her time so like Too she smart. knows things she's like you need to cleanse the wound with alcohol you need to sanitize it they're like what we need to cleanse your body of that spirit witch what you <laughs> bitch I don't just pour this ether on it I just concocted. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really intense. It's really good. I like it. I'm on the second book in the series. Um, it's it's pretty fucking awesome. Um, that sounds like a fun premise. Uh, I'm, yeah. also, I'm I'm down for a fellow Scotsman getting some uh, marriage. Mm-hmm. And like the, I have been wandering around talking in a random Scottish accent like all the time. It's, yeah. It's been bad. <laughs> and the I... person who voices these books does amazing. She does an amazing job. See, that's genetic. It's the Scott. It's the Celtic blood, and you comes out. Same thing happens yeah. to me when I watch the Strongman games. But also, my yeah. gay comes out a little. <laughs> it happens just like when I get around, you know, people who are country. You know, from when you. Oh, I know what the hell you talking about. Yeah. Yeah. When you live in Kentucky, you know what I'm saying. Uh, when the ages that you learn and how to talk. Like, I've worked really hard to not talk like that, but it's, you get me drunk enough, and I'm around somebody country enough, and it becomes real thick. I've and seen you know, it. It's like a weird werewolf type thing. It is! <laughs> Just drunkenly howling country songs with a stranger. Oh, oh God. Like, have, have, you, have you ever lived in the South if you haven't been at a lake and had a stranger come over with a guitar and offer you a beer <laughs> and you drunkenly sing? Yes. It's great. It's a magical yeah. time. It's a token country experience. Um, See, the the beauty of enjoying the South is to never talk politics or anything like that. That's the only way. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's why it's only good in Windows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Drop in for a brief period of time. Hey, it's been great hanging out. I'm going to leave hey, now. Are these, yeah, have to just walk right. over and look at the Appalachian Mountains. That's good enough for me. It's like, all right, I, I, there's, there's home. Bye. And if you hear something, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless it's a banjo. If it's a banjo, say. Rowan. Yeah. The movie Deliverance fucked up my camping experience. I question the movies my parents let me watch when I was younger. If you, you know, hear a banjo, you run from the banjo. Anytime I drive home, like, because I'm cheap and I'm not paying the seven mm -hmm. on the way there, I have to get off, like, in the Appalachian Mountains. Like, I have to get off of the interstate at certain times, and I have to take these back, windy roads through the mountains. And, like, if you catch it during the day, it's beautiful. At nighttime? <laughs> at nighttime, it's it's a roller coaster. What do you mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, someone's, I was like, I just keep waiting to see, like, a deformed man standing on the side of this fucking, like, road that really is only room enough for one fucking car. Like, Oh, my God, Cody, what are you doing here? What are you doing out here? What are you doing out here? It'd be cool to go across one of those haunted bridges, pick you up a hitchhiker. Oh, no. <laughs> 
turns into <laughs> Creep Show too. Yo, yeah, or, or no, P- the Pee Wee Herman movie. Remember when he got picked up by that woman? Oh yeah, large. Yeah, large. that scared the shit out of me as a kid. I think it's supposed to. I think it had that effect on a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Fuck. that was the point. Don't get in cars with strangers. Yeah, well, I, I, that ain't the part that scared me. It was just the fact that don't get in a car with a ghost. I'll make sure you're not a ghost. <laughs> you got a knife? Because I know if you got a knife, you're not a ghost. Hey, real quick, before you get in, are you a ghost? Yeah, you know what? We'll figure it out later. Don't worry we'll about it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to lay this crucifix right here. A little bit right of here. Uh, could, you, could you touch this for me? You just flick them with water? What the you, fuck is that? You, it was holy water. We were just making sure. Can you, you also sh- test, <laughs> like try a little bit of garlic, touch the silver? i got to cover my bases. Light up a sage oh. stick. Do you smoke in your car? <laughs> <laughs> Do you smoke? I smoke cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> I smoke sage. I find uh, it to be a good balance. It's great. Um, I also had a market recently, uh, so I, they asked me to live paint, and mind you, I haven't mm. painted since, like, June, because my hyperfixation has been crocheting. So I busted out a few eyeball hats, which I told you guys about those eyeball hats that I've been mm-hmm. crocheting um, for that market. And it went pretty good. Uh, it rained in the beginning of it. So, like, I really didn't think that anybody was going to come through. But a decent amount of people came through. So, and I figured out something to paint last minute. So, that was that was good. But I started the painting there. And it has been sitting here because I really have no desire to work on it. Um, feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, along the lines of hats, I've also been working on, I got a, um, one of my, co-workers they had asked me to make them a hat as well except instead of eyeballs they want titties all the way yeah so i i mean you know they have yo and so i have like all different shades for like skin tone and everything else and because he's like i want i was like what color titties he's like all the titties and i said yeah that's a that's a that's a that's a uh a real very one? yeah, a real one. Yeah, That's the best yeah. way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. So he said all the titties. So I'm I I even they even have little nipples. Like I figured out how to crochet a goddamn nipple. Yeah. That's if right. I was him, I would have been like, "What do you mean? What I want all the titties?" My yeah. man's my man's is brilliant because when you think about it, the eyes are the titties of the face. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. like my my tits are up here, sir. I get you. <laughs> They're up here. But yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm working on this titty hat. I'm about done. I had to uh, coffee dye some of the yarn. So okay. it, it's sitting in there because they didn't have like enough in-between shades for me to like mm. work the way I wanted it to. And so like I dyed I dyed some of the yarn yesterday and some of it turned out okay. But like the darker shade, it didn't get quite as dark as I wanted it to get. So it's sitting in a coffee bath again. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, nice. I have been to two concerts in the last week. I went to, and I went to work the next day too. So I, I know, I know. You goddamn capitalist. I went to, I went to an Odessa concert, which is a fucking spiritual experience for me. I love Odessa. It's amazing. It was a great fucking time. If you ever get the chance to go see Odessa, do it. It'll change your fucking life. Um, and they have like a whole drum line and it's just, and like they like, you know, cause you see a lot of like EDM artists and like, don't get me wrong. I like all genres of music. Like, well, it's just like kind of DJing at the stage. You know what I'm saying? And they got yeah. the lasers and the, and the, this, and the, the, the cool visuals in the back, but like 
Odessa has a whole drum line. They bring out other singer. They bring out people to sing. Like they play the piano. They it's like it's a whole it's a fucking show. Like they put on a goddamn show and it's amazing. Um and I made friends because that's what happens. I went alone and I was on the rail the entire time. <laughs> so oh, I made friends with the girls in the front row, which was great. Like we all hugged, took group pictures, cried. Uh, such fun. a basic bitch, Keone. I am. I am. I have turned into a festy bitch. That's it is what it is. Um, I've seen yeah. memes of your kind. Yes. I like to think deep down inside of all of us as a zesty bitch. Yeah, a festy bitch. A oh, zesty. festy. I'm sorry. I thought you said zest. Both. Oh, a festy. Both. How about that? A I zesty, festy, yeah, a zesty, festy beach. A zesty, festy beach. Yeah. Would you like some yeah. zesty, festy beach? That's on your our new community? commercial. It's a spaghetti line. Zesty, <laughs> zesty, festy beach. <laughs> um, and then I also took my partner to a Masego concert. So oh, that yeah. was nice. Um. He, if you don't know who that is, he plays the saxophone. Um, but it's- oh, I thought you said a Sega concert. Oh, a Masego concert. Masego, for everyone out there, it's spelled... M-A-S-E-G-O. Nice. Masego. Yeah. One of his popular songs on the radio was Tadao. Tadao? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's it, it was a fun time. It was good. I will say that the venue oversold the tickets closer to the stage. Because, like, when mm-hmm. I got up there, it was, like, basically, like, we're basically standing on the sidewalk, and security's like, we need you to scoot in, we need you to scoot in, and I'm like, where, my guy? <laughs> where? Yeah, that sounds about right. Scoot in where? Show um, me the space. Yeah, show me the space in which I am supposed to scoot. Please and thank you. Like, I'm not pressing my body up against these people. I'm not doing it. Not without an invite. Yeah, exactly. Like, and... I was kind of, cause I was wanting to sit down cause I brought like my, I brought my, I brought a little tapestry. I brought, brought my coochie couch for those of you that don't know what a coochie couch is. It's one of those like couches that you just like run and fill up with air and then like fold. And so it like, to me, it looks like a coochie. So mm. a festival couch, but I don't run. I have a giant like handheld hand fan and I fan it to fill it with air sure. and then tie it but you see lots of people doing the festival run which is pretty funny but we didn't get to use any of that because like i said they had oversold the space and there was not room for anybody um but it was a good show it was a fun time we had some good food i gave him an edible and he did not want to listen to me when i said you don't need to eat that whole cookie he gave me one of those looks like i can handle it he could not in fact handle that's it. sometimes the best time uh, yeah he's like i've been fighting off this cookie for like five hours i said i know uh, you gonna listen to me next time when I suggest maybe try half first? Because <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> gotta ease uh, into some situations. Yeah, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta work into the. He nope. He just he just went for it. Um, he ate. We got food and everything, and it still didn't wear any of that off. I was like, "You gonna come inside and sleep for a while before you drive home?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay, good. Yeah. good. I don't need to take a nap, sweetie pie." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But it was a good time. We had fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been up to. I have a festival coming up at the end of October. And so now I'm just, you know, working on this hat and prepping for that and listening to my book series. Zesty, festy bitch sauce. 
Yes. Um, but yeah. The musical. The music. Produced by Vanilla Ice, starring Vanilla Ice, Attorney at Law. <laughs> Directed by Spike Lee. Now you're talking. I would watch the shit out of that. Written by Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Cody, what have what what do you have? What are your recents, my good friend? Well, in terms of new things for video games, uh, the first, well, Mortal Kombat One, which is a reboot of the Mortal Kombat franchise after the eleventh game, or at least number eleven. Yeah. Um, so it rebooted the entire timeline again, and I basically did nothing but play it for the first day it was available until I beat it because I wanted to avoid any spoilers. No, we we could, we're gonna spoil the hell out of it. Fuck you guys. I'm just joking. Yeah. So at the end, so, um, <laughs> no, but it's a great game. Really fun addition to the franchise. I like the roster they have. Uh, they have Riku in there. Reiko, whatever I keep. I Reiko, was yeah. Uh, they have him, a few other people that are lesser known, but have like uh, even Atara, who was in the more recent Mortal Kombat movie, and was only in one other game prior to that as well, I believe. Yeah. She came in. Yeah, so, you know, kind of niche characters in there. Do you uh, know who played uh, Natara? No. Megan Fox. I thought she played Melina. Nope, Natara. Huh. Yep. Fun fact. I, I do not give a shit. Um, well, well, fuck you! Well, fuck you! You didn't know that! I was just trying to... I, just, I was just trying to partake in the conversation. Yeah, I, I, literally, I literally thought it was Melinda, though. I knew she played one of them, but I didn't really... Well, you was wrong, boy. Alright, alright, calm the fuck down. Alright, so, so... So! Uh, what did you think of this, uh, new attempt at a reboot? A second reboot of the timeline? Without spoiling anything, uh, I truly enjoyed this... Sorry, third reboot. Yeah, it is the third. I uh, really enjoyed the story. I liked the levels of seriousness mixed in with a little bit of the goof Mortal Kombat's known for. Uh, the ending, I'm still oh, kind yeah. of torn on. It's a hit or miss. I'm, it, I don't know. I hate it and love it. Uh, not going to spoil why, but you know why, CJ. You saw it. Yeah. You know, this is a game where I don't think it's spoiler to say there's a lot of main characters, and I, I'm just leave it at that. Like, if you, if you, even if you're casual, you have no idea what I meant if you haven't seen the story, right? Yeah. So like, well, yeah, you can select your minor. Well, no, I'm. you'll see. You have to go through and even play as the shitty ones, like Kung Lao, that I fucking suck as in this game. Yeah, he, he. I haven't got to put my hands on that game yet, but Kung Lao was fun to use in Eleven. Yeah, he was great in Eleven, so I thought for sure, like, that kind of style might carry over a little bit. And then I tried to play him on this as, like, the opening character in the beginning, and I just kept mm -hmm. getting the shit kicked out of me by Raiden. Yeah, Raiden, he looked like he was, um... Pretty vanilla, but, like, someone's got to fill the Luke Kang void, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a great game. Really enjoyed the story. Like the character selection. But other than that, for books, I'm only going to talk about one right now so we can kind of power through this. 112263 by Stephen King. Are you guys at all familiar with that title? No. Mm -mm. Okay, so it is basically Stephen King writing about a time traveler going back in time to stop the JFK assassination. No. It's basically a small portal in a diner where you can go that'll transport you back to a certain day in 1958. Mm -hmm. And you can continue through that for, you know, as long as you want, several years, whatever. And then you go back through the portal and only two minutes have passed in present time. Oh, shit. So he goes, he goes back through the portal and chooses to uh, save John F. Kennedy? That's going to be the main plan that uh, his the guy that originally found the portal set him up for. 
Because he's like, hey, there's just, you know, what if you did this? If you saved JFK, then, you know, maybe you wouldn't go to Vietnam. Maybe these things wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. And, like, lays out all the lives that could theoretically be saved if, G if JFK wasn't assassinated. Oh, cool. What year does that take place in, by the way? I'm just curious. Um, the book itself came out, I think, in, like, 2011. Okay. But as far as, like, when he goes back it's in maybe time. modern. Just, yeah, well, the majority of it has been back in time, and that's, like, 58 to 63. Okay. Can you not go to 68, for instance? Uh, no, because the portal only takes you back to 1958 on a specific day. Okay, so you could just wait out till 68. Yeah, I mean, if he chose to. Okay, so that's what was the plan for saving JFK to, like, what was it, 60... 64. 63, okay. 11, 22, 63, JFK was shot in Dallas that day. There's so many other people that he could have saved. Yeah, but I mean... What about Martin Luther King? Well, that's brought up in the whole... Like, okay, okay. I was going to say, that's yeah. that's what I was sort of You're alluding like, to. talk about it. Yeah. It, it comes up in the beginning of the guy like running down, like, here's what could happen if you save JFK. You know, hey, stay away from that phone there. You know? But yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, that's a cool-ass uh, premise. It sounds dope. Yeah, and if you don't feel like reading the book or listening to it, because, I mean, the audiobook is like 30-ish hours, I believe... Uh, there's a series on Hulu starring James Franco that's uh, based on the book. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's pretty close. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got rave reviews when the show came out, so I'm sure it's great. Um, other than that, pretty much just more Stephen King stuff, nothing too out of the ordinary. And without further ado, uh, we are going to go to this message for a brief commercial break. Brought to you by our friends over at Bandcamp. That's B-A-N-N-E-D Camp. A podcast where they discuss banned books chapter by chapter. Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And we're the hosts of Bandcamp, a comedy podcast where we read banned books and try to figure out why they were banned in the first place. This season, we're reading The Outsiders, one chapter at a time, out loud, so you don't have to. If you enjoy funny, smart talk, or kind of smart talk anyway, about banned books and the stupid reason some people want to ban them, as well as listening to us read a classic book. Search for Bandcamp on your favorite podcast player, and that's Band with two N's. And we are back, talking about things that we would like to recommend, suggest that have possibly been overlooked or underrated. Alright, now the way I see us doing this, guys, is that mm -hmm. we just kind of go uh, one at a time, and, you know, we have three each, so me, CJ, Keanu, and then kind of bounce. Bounce back. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, my first recommendation that I think a lot of people may be at least cursorily aware of, but it got very terrible reviews. Uh, the 2006 horror film Stay Alive. Oh, yeah, that one's awesome. Why does that now, sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. It start well, the, well, it's kind of stars. Frankie Muniz is in there, as well as a yeah. few other people you'd recognize. I believe the gentleman that plays Rickety Cricket or at least someone from Always Sunny is in the main cast as well. There's, yeah, the, someone from It's Always Sunny always weasels their way into a random movie. Yeah, it's, I mean, I remember seeing this so many times when it first came out, like, on demand back in the day, and mm -hmm. I loved it so much because it just takes the concept of, like, all right, here's a video game, it's a horror video game, you can play it online and somehow talk to your friends even though it's only on the PS2, and if you die in the game, you die in real life in that exact way, more or less. It's it's not yeah. a terribly unique concept, but I really enjoyed like the way it laid everything out for gamers. It looked much better than I thought. I mean, honestly, any game at that or any movie about a killer video game at that time could. And it's based on a true story ish of the uh, that woman who bathed in virgin blood to look young. 
Uh, fuck, what is her? Yeah, you know the one. You, Steven you know. Tyler? Yes, yes, Steven right. Tyler, who kills virgins and bathes in their blood. I knew it! It's his horror movie. I knew it. But yeah, that was not Bloody Mary, I think that was her name, right? No. I'm trying no. to look up, look about it. Countess Elizabeth Bathory Young. Is that the- okay, yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. All right. Or at least in the movie, it's based on another woman in New Orleans who used to kill infants. And yeah, this one I thought it took place in New Orleans. Actually, well, I think it's based on her, but the it's like a mix, yeah, like an amalgamation. That's my big word of the day. something, something. Just think about how awesome that word is, amalgamation. Amalgamation. Think of Alan Rickman descending from the skies. Amalgamation, right into your face. <laughs> it would be gorgeous. Sorry, go on. <laughs> so anyway, um, on IMDb, this got a five out of ten. The Rotten Tomato score is only ten percent. And oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's fucked up, right? That's a good thing I don't take critics seriously. I know that's so low. I was like, well, that's just ridiculous. This is a much higher than ten percent. Yeah, I'm but, one of those uh, douchebags. If I don't agree with you, let me see your credentials. But if you do that to me, I'm gonna. Well, you see. <clears throat> Points to various bodies of work. Maybe. Uh, So anyways, there are two cuts for this one, the PG-13 and then the rated R. The rated R one is 15 minutes longer, introduces a new character and subplot. Um, That's the unrated director's cut. I have no fucking clue why the PG-13 one even exists, but hey, what are you going to do? You know, it's Disney. Uh, It's... You know what? Sure, sure. It's Disney. I'm blaming Disney. Just you yeah. know, it has. I mean, it has to play on Disney channels. What I was getting. At. Damn you, Bob Iger! Yeah, some random shit used to play on Disney Channel back in the day, though. But um, yeah, as of last year, 2022, they were still discussing the possibility of making a sequel. So that's exciting. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Check it out. All right. What about you, CJ? I believe was next. Let's see. My first underrated. Okay. This is just in the order I got it in, was a 2010 remake of the uh, John Wayne classic, True Grit. So this is a Western movie. Uh, Yay. No, (laughs) this is actually, I consider the best Western movie, uh, especially for younger people if they don't like the Westerns, because they remind you of uh, maybe an older relative who just watched Bonanza or Gunsmoke constantly. I fucking love Bonanza, though. I don't. I, I I don't like I, I like the theme song. I like okay, so specifically with Bonanza, I like I don't know if any of you have seen the pest. I know I've talked about it before. But there is a scene where he sings the Bonanza theme song karaoke. I didn't know it had lyrics, but it does apparently. Huh. But yeah, it's it, it that scene probably hasn't aged too well cuz you know, it's John Leguizamo who who is playing he's Puerto Rican playing uh, in this scene he's pretending to be a Japanese man. Very stereotypical, but, you know, that's just what I think of when I think of Bonanza. Anyway, True Grit, 2010. This remake is about a young woman who witnesses the death of her father, who's a storekeeper. So she witnesses the man that kills him, but he ends up getting away, and not much is done about it by the local law enforcement. So she hires a washed-up, semi-famous, uh, I think he's a marshal... Uh, named Rooster Cogburn, played by Jeff Bridges in this movie of the Big Lebowski fame. Okay. He's taken over the uh, old John Wayne role. Uh, so he, she hires him, and he also works with a Texas Ranger played by Matt Damon, who does, like, he's almost unrecognizable in this movie. Like That might be for the best in a Western, I feel like. Maybe, yeah, it works really well. Like, um, 
So yeah, it's just a very gritty tale of them trying to track this man down and his gang to get justice for this little girl because no one seems to give a damn now that she's orphaned. It's not like she could pay. Yeah, they don't know about Batman yet. She literally has nothing left, so she has to... She's she's not a Batman. So her only turn option is this washed-up drunkard played by Jeff Bridges, but the whole movie has a lot of moments of comedy, uh, like um, at least levity, I want to say. Especially with Jeff Bridges' character, he just says the dumbest shit sometimes. Um, but when the violence or action happens, it's very traumatic and violent. Um, so it's 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 an underrated movie in my opinion that I I haven't heard much discussion about. Or if I did, it's a boomer complaining that John Wayne one was better, which it's not. Yeah, I remember that's subjective anyway. I'm I'm gonna be honest. That's just my opinion that it's not better that the remake is better. But I. I don't like traditional westerns. I like dark stories. I like something grounded in reality. And if you do that, you could make me watch about anything. Yeah, I mean, I remember it coming out to kind of a lukewarm reception. But yeah. western movies aren't nearly as popular as they used to be either. I think also it suffered from that syndrome to where like people associated John Wayne the most with that role of Rooster Cogburn. So, you know, they can't quite accept someone else stepping into that. That'd be like someone else playing Iron Man for us. We couldn't accept that, honestly. If we're being real, we wouldn't accept that. I wouldn't care. Yeah, it's like, is it RDJ? No? Cool. I I don't care. I've honestly never seen a Western. I think the the only Western-themed anything I've ever seen was Fievel Goes West when I was a child. Uh, Keanu, that's a goddamn lie. What do you mean that's a lie? (laughs) I took you, Will, and Holden to see Hateful Eight when it premiered. Oh, Oh, Hateful Eight is great. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, because we got done location scouting, and I was like, all right, everyone's going to ah, fuck the movie and relax. That, I, that's what I should have wrote, but no, I, I stand by True Grit. But uh, <laughs> Westerns, um, I, I know there's an appeal there modernly because of Red Dead Redemption success. Oh, that is true. That did help people, I think, appreciate that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, hell, even me. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, if you can turn off for a lot of our generation, I think uh, people associate it with an older relative, and it's like sort of a cringy nostalgia you might not like right now or whatever. So, yeah, this is a nice, fresh way to sort of break that. Okay, good pick, good pick. I might actually check that out. It sounds good. It's pretty good. Keanu! Keanu! Okay, Uh, mine are more things that I just think people should check out. I don't know if they're, like, overlooked or anything like that, but... uh, one of my favorite series of books that I've listened to over the last like year is the Assassin. Well, not the last year, but within the last three years, is the Assassin Assassin's Blade series by Sarah J. Oh. Mass or Moss, or I'm not really sure how you pronounce it. Um, but the now there is a book entitled The Assassin's Blade, but she wrote that like after, but it's actually a prequel, so you could read that first. But technically, the first book is Throne of Glass. And I'm just going to give you a little synopsis that I pulled off of the internet about it because, you know, my memory is terrible. Um, but it's Selena Sardonith, uh, or Sardothian, an 18-year-old assassin in the kingdom of Adarlin. After a year of suffering for her crimes in a slave camp called Endovier, she accepts the offer of Crown Prince Dorian, the king of Adarlin's son, to compete with other assassins and thieves for a chance to serve as the king's champion and eventually like gain her freedom after four years in the king's service. This leads her to form unexpected bonds with like the captain and the crown prince. And over time, Selena is drawn into a conspiracy and a series of battles leading to discoveries surrounding both the kingdom and herself. Mm-hmm. And there's like magic and, and 
Well, they're they're not dragons. They're technically wyverns, but they're like dragons. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. You know yeah, I know. We're yeah. nerds. We know wyverns. There, there's yeah. like magic and and like spoiler alert. There's uh, essentially like the the freaking um the reason that like the king, this particular king, is like being so evil and being so fucked up is because they're actually um there's this like host of beings from like a whole other realm that has basically like are taking over people's bodies to like open up this realm so that the, like the rest of their mm-hmm. bodies can like come in and fucking feast. Um, Holy titty fucking um, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty intense. It's pretty yeah. intense. So it's an amazing book or amazing series. I fucking love it. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many are in the series. There's quite a few. There's at least five or six, if not more. Um, Damn. But it's there. It's a really good series. It was series. Really fun. Really fun to follow. And it's very fast paced. And I think that that's something I like. Actiony adventure. There's like a smidgen of romance in there, and she's a sassy asshole and really good <laughs> at what the fuck she does. Um, a sasshole. A sasshole. I relate to sassholes. Yeah. Not to be confused with a masshole. A masshole. I see what you did there. <laughs> that's just people from Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, I thought you were rounding because the author. No, I think they actually call themselves assholes. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. You could cut that out if you want. I'm not doing any edits. Now, Are you kidding me? God damn it. We oh, oh, that's right. We don't do edits. Nope, not anymore. No nope. more edits. My um my favorite character in the entire series is Manon Blackbeak. She is a um she is a witch. Uh the like she's the she's a witch, but she's part of the there's like these different clans of witches. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's from like the iron, iron, I think the iron teeth or iron claw. I don't know. Some type of something, but like her, their nails are literally made of iron and they like, cl- like keep them sharp as like weapons and shit like that. But they're like, I like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. But she's, she's my favorite character in the entire series. And something I love about Sarah J. Mass's books is cause I've read two other series that involve that are by her. But she incorporates, while they are completely different stories, she incorporates elements from her other world building into these ones. Like, for instance, the witches worship something called the three-faced goddess. And so that you hear the three-faced goddess pop up in her other book series as well. Oh, and, yeah, that's something that Stephen King does to a ridiculous extent. And I And I really enjoy that because I feel like I also feel mm-hmm. like it leaves the door open for her to connect them at any point if she wanted to. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, it's like a consistent world base and like starting with one, because her, the first, like the, I, this is the order I read her series and I read the Throne of Glass series first. And then I read um, A Court of Thorn and Roses next. And then the other one is, I'll have to look, but um Crap, why can't I think of what that's called? That's going to bother me. I'm so- I swear. I'm sorry, guys, because I know that we're not making edits. So, um, you know, uh, the Crescent City series is the last one I read. But if you read any of these, you have to read A Court of Thorns and Roses before you read um, Crescent City. Just because some things won't make sense unless you've read the other one. So, uh-huh. but they're, they're really good. You know, a bitch loves reading, listening to books. 
while I go about my day. I looked at my time thing and I've listened to like over th freaking three years worth of audiobooks. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, there's a way to check that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm I, scared. Yeah, I've listened to like three years worth of audiobooks. I'm like, Jesus, that's... At what point does a bookworm become a book butterfly? I don't know. I have like almost all of the badges that they give you. On Are you still time. in the book cocoon? Uh, no, I would think that I'm a book butterfly, goddammit. After three years <laughs> of solid book listening to, that's a lot it, That's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> Is a book cocoon like when someone curls up in a blanket with hot cocoa and reads? Yes. Ooh, that sounds good. You know what would be better? A mocha latte. I have a, an espresso machine, and I've been addicted to those since yeah, I've, I've had it. I've been a tea bitch lately. I haven't really been able to... A tea to, bitch? Yeah, a tea yeah. bitch. I haven't really been... Coffee gives me the poops. Fucks me oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a zesty, festy tea bitch. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Cody. Cody, you're up next again. All yeah. right. My number two thing. Uh, it's not really any particular order, but overlooked, underrated things nobody is talking about. The Paul Rudd movie, Two Days. Ah. Uh, I love Paul Keanu. Rudd. I haven't, I haven't seen that. Just, I haven't seen it, but I know I fucking love anything that Paul Rudd is in. So now I'm going to have to watch this. Okay, so this is a 2003 movie, um, pretty decently into his career as well. I checked, and he's done quite a few things before this, but I love this movie. It's got pretty decent ratings. I can only watch it, like, once every few years, so it gets pretty heavy. The concept of it is basically uh, Paul Rudd plays a failed actress in Hollywood who decides that he's going to kill himself. And as such, he hires a film crew to follow him around for his last two days as he tells oh, his family. Yeah, you. we watched this when we were roommates. Yeah, I fucking love this movie. Okay, I was I was super not sober. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what it was like when we were roommates. It was a rough year. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but no, I fucking love Two Days. It's a great movie. Nobody ever really seems to talk about it or know what it is. But it's like Paul Rudd doing kind of a weird indie thing. And you've got a lot of familiar faces in there. I just can't think of any names right now. Uh, great movie, done on a low budget. Definitely worth checking out. For sure. He has some great moments in there, actually. Some legit great performances in it. Yeah, wonderful acting. He carries the entire thing. Yeah, it's almost a one-man show. I mean, yeah, basically just following him around. I mean, hell, that would be... Yeah. If you could remake that today, that'd be easy as hell. That'd be called the True Man Show. I'm just kidding. That'd uh, just be called everyone with their fucking phones. Anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> CJ, The True Man Blog. Two. My number two... Number two is killing them softly. I don't. Oh. I don't. I. I think that actually got some critical acclaim, but that's one that I know me and you both thoroughly enjoy. Um, I might fail at the the plot summary because I do suck at these. But from what I recall, is um, Brad Pitt plays a hitman who um, he's sort of assisting another. Uh, criminal and i forget what the criminal did I, whether it robbed a card game or he owed someone money uh it's uh god i think it was the guy that played johnny sack hired two shitheads to rob ray liotta's card game because ray liotta had done it in the past yes and got a pass for it because everyone thought it was funny and the right people got their money back and so the conceit is that he's going to basically set ray liotta up to take the blame for this robbery as well Mm hmm. But that movie, um, it, it, it's it's it has moments. Say, I like it for the same reasons I like True Grit. Yeah, it's, it's got a dark, dark story, 
when the action hits, it seems very grounded and gritty. Um, a great watch. And I, I had to make that summary because I told you I was going to break the rules as an agent of chaos. And I'm going to shoehorn in two indies on you real quick to, to finish my underrated list. Can I just say, because you still have, we're doing one more round here. No, I know. I got more. I'm an okay. agent of chaos. So um, my two, before you interrupt me, are The Battery, Snow on the Bluff. Go look them up, guys. Go watch them. Okay, yeah, those are those are both great, actually. I love The go. Battery. It's a really underrated yeah. movie. It's um, awesome. They made it for like six grand. I believe Snow on the Bluff was probably made for less. It's Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a similar vein. Um, but uh, Killing Them Softly has one of these shots that I really love. It's the one where Brad Pitt is just beating the shit out of the guy in the trailer. Ah, yep. Yep. And you just see it like pan around, the guy's head gets knocked through a window and stuff, and he gets tossed out the other end. Beautiful. Yeah, no, the, the action in that movie, and just like with True Grit, you know, unbelievably done. Unbelievably well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, unless you have any more. No, no, that was it. Uh, round two. Round okay. two. Now I know for a fact that I have brought this is another book. I know that I've brought this up to you guys before. Um, Avatar: Rise of Kyoshi by FCE. Yeah, I, I think have so. That yeah. In my Audible library. It's so fucking good. It is so good. Overall, it's a very different, like, adventure than what you would see from, you know, like, Avatar and things like that. Because it's, you know, on Nickelodeon. I feel like this is a lot more gritty. This is a lot more grimy. Because it's because it's a book and you can in a book. You know what I'm saying? You can't really do that on Nickelodeon. Um, yeah, you're not getting censored by the producers. Like, oh, we can't have these two characters kiss. What if the kids think they're gay? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's none of that. Um, but the first, there's two books in this series. But the first book... It basically like maps out the journey into becoming the avatar because like she was she was a servant and oh. they didn't know like she didn't find out that she was an av the avatar until much later like they thought it was this whole other kid for a very for CJ very in the audience time. you want to do you want to explain the basic concept of the avatar yes um, uh, the avatar is the wielder of all four elements and is supposed to like protect keep the balance of of the planet of their nation and stuff um so that is the basic concept of and what were the uh four main nations was the there four earth air fire and water okay and everything was fine before the fire nation before the fire nation <laughs> thank you uh, i wanted the intro i knew someone was gonna do it <laughs> um and then like the second one she's kind of more like of uh oh and, and the first one she like ends up with like a band of like a bandits like her her parents were basically like thieves and shit and like did like this whole like circus-esque thing like it's it's just mm -hmm. it's such a different fucking story like i said it's like coming up from from grime instead of like knowing from jump that she was the avatar like she didn't find out until like after she was like 16 I really like that Word. concept, yeah. because if you think about it, Aang knew right away, Korra was cocky about it. Yeah. Oh, I thought you was talking about coming up from Grime. I was like, I know all too well. No, I mean, but also that. Like, she was she was a fucking homeless child, because her parents... Oh, that's dead. what you meant. Yeah. Yeah, like, literally. The other two, like, main characters that you fought, can follow in the franchise through the shows had had a pretty easy yeah. upbringing, if I recall. Could, yeah, yeah, had had at least some type of, like training and, and people Structure. and like she was a street kid who ended up like working at a at a servant's quarters for at, at the place where whom they thought was the avatar was training it was just 
his powers hadn't manifested yet. But come mm-hmm. to find out, it was not him, it was her. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's intense. And then, like, the second one, she's more of, like, a fully, it's called, like, the fall of Kyoshi, I think. She's more of a fully realized avatar, and she's dealing with the aftermath of her of her friend, the friend that thought he was an avatar, the avatar. It ends up being, like, this whole fucking intense thing. Villain arc. Yeah, it's 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 so good. Like it's so good. The two of them are so good. And there's also ones um, about the rise of uh, there's they did Young Chen, the first and second books of Young Chen, and those were pretty good. I liked them. I don't think that they were as good as Young Chen was the was the Airbender before Aang was like the Airbender in the rotation before Aang. That's the guy that Aang talks uh, to sometimes. Yes. um, he tends to talk to the the firebender that was right before him more often, though. Um, oh, but well. but yeah, he was the airbender three airbenders ago. Um, but anyway, I still like I said, Rise of Kyoshi by my favorite, and that's by F C Ye Y E E. Oh, I know how to spell Ye for sure. Ye Ye. But yeah, so that is an amazing book it's super good and if you're fans of avatar the last airbender you should definitely give that a listen or a read actually, sounds pretty awesome i think it I might think just be on Android. audible actually yeah it is on audible it was included with the membership last time i checked nice. that's why i had it nice hell yeah definitely all right Cody, what do you got next my third and final one the only person here i think would even have a chance at knowing what i'm talking about the 2005 movie and directorial debut of Bruce Campbell, Man with a Screaming Brain. No. This was a sci-fi original movie, if I'm not mistaken, where Bruce Campbell plays a pharmaceutical CEO that goes to Bulgaria to try to, you know, get more money for his company. Blah, blah, blah. Rich guy stuff. Yeah. Um, huh. He's a complete dick. What? Uh, I was just saying, I've never heard of this. I'm surprised. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, 2005, a little bit early on. His yeah. first one to direct, and I believe he co-wrote, and of course starred in it. Um, he plays a typical American dickhead. Oh, I can't believe this place. Look at it. Yeah. Um, Just an American. All Americans are dickheads. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he gets driven around by an ex-KGB agent mm-hmm. who uh, is his taxi driver and who also has an affair with his wife. Goddamn. Can't, can't trust Campbell. nobody in this world. Well, Bruce Campbell is also, like, in the middle of making out with uh, one of the hotel maids when his wife Oh, he's, he's, like, he's no fucking better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all terrible people. Yeah. Like, no, no one has a redeeming quality, really. They have arcs. Um, so eventually some accident transpires, and Bruce Campbell and the KGB agent basically have, like, their brains stitched together within Bruce Campbell's body. Hmm. So he can hear the Russian talking to him through his own brain and, like, control his body and stuff at the same time. And his wife, uh, upon trying to get revenge for what happened to her husband, basically gets killed in the process and hits her brain put into a doll's body. So it's pretty wild. That's weird. Yeah, that sounds pretty wild. It's it's a very weird sci-fi, over-the-top, like, Bruce Campbell movie. It's, it's great, though, because it's goofy. It's not going to be very serious, you know? It's... It's just really, like, wonderful cheese B-movie factor. Nice. I can appreciate and that. That was my third. Yeah. CJ! Oh, yeah? What do you have? Oh, yeah? Well, I, I promise I'll stick to the rules. Haha, <laughs> just kidding, bitch. I got two more for you. So... Why you? 
<laughs> so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm since I did the two overrateds already, I'm just gonna uh, underrate it. I'm gonna throw an overrated at you. I'm not gonna give you time to retort, and then I'm gonna jump into my ripe for a remake. So here we go. Overrated film. What I think is the most overrated movie of all time, The Dark Knight. All right. So ripe for a remake, <laughs> The Warriors. There's there's a literally uh, comics and co- uh, comics and chronic podcast just covered The Dark Knight, and it was like their favorite movie like that's the movie of all movies for them in superhero genre i mean we're, everyone's entitled to an opinion man no that's fine i yeah. just thought it was really I, I respect coincidental. i respect people's opinions but i think this movie is the way is, you just said that i i respect people's opinions that wasn't very convincing <laughs> i do you can disagree with people's opinions and respect i respectfully disagree even though i'm not as qualified to speak on comic books as i I'll admit. I just, uh, you know, hey, Heath Ledger was great. I'll admit to that. That's true. You weren't getting away from that one. I was going to retort one way or the other. I I think The Dark Knight Rises is the pinnacle of those movies, but nobody else, you know, everyone makes fun of Vane. You don't make fun of Tom Hardy in front of me, okay? That's true. I've seen you get very aggressive about Tom Hardy. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and not justify why I don't like that why I think the Dark Knight's overrated. It's simply that um, <clears throat> the thing. <clears throat> well, the thing about it <clears throat> is that <clears throat> okay, I don't like the Joker in it. I'll be real. Oh, I don't like the Joker in it. I love Heath Ledger's performance, but for me, that that didn't remind me at all of the Joker. That wasn't the Joker he was playing. That was a whole unique character, or at least from I've never seen that iteration of the Joker. So it felt very removed from everything I've associated with Joker, such as Mark Hamill in the animated series, or even Jack Nicholson in the uh, Tim Burton movie. I have made dumb statements on this podcast, I have made controversial statements, (laughs) I have gone out of my way to say dumb shit for a gag. But CJ, you just said the most triggering thing to the average (laughs) fucking comic book nerd out there. I know. And I don't know if we're going to survive this onslaught, but I'm keeping it in because I don't want to edit. I want you to keep it in because I have have to talk about the Warriors too. And you love the Warriors like I do. Yeah, I want to come out and play. Come out to play. So this movie, I'm going to try to be quick, is um, obviously set in the, uh, I don't know, obvious, uh, set in the 1970s whole bunch of gangs in New York attend a meeting from a very influential gang leader about, we're going to unite because we outnumber the police and yada yada. He gets killed, and a small gang called the Warriors is blamed for the killing. So they have to travel through a bunch of rival gang territories across New York to their home territory. And I think that's such a cool premise. It's and it's 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 done in a very, I guess because it's a 70s film, it feels grittier. But um, it's a very neat story, and I think that would be a cool little remake. That uh, it just has to be done right, and the source material respected. Yeah, you're not wrong. Cause, like that's a very fun movie to watch. I've seen it a few times. Yes. And every time, like the radio DJ's in on it, giving everyone a narrative. Oh, dude, shit, I'm gonna watch the Warriors for the longest time. That movie uh, felt sort of like surreal to me because you see all the gangs with jackets and stuff. But, but. Uh, you know, as you look into your history more, you see that gangs actually had that shit. They had little jackets with the colors and their gang logo on it. Yeah, sweaters. Wow. Yeah, the whole yeah. yeah. They Almost great like fashion sense, really. Kinda. Yeah, they all look pretty nice. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. They definitely know how to dress. Y'all looking classy as fuck. 
know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the baseball players, you guys really took commitment. Like, you painted your faces to go out for this. Yeah, but one of them had a, a baseball shoved up his ass and turned into a popsicle. Uh, great line from that movie, by the way. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that tops my list. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. I don't think it. I mean, the Dark Knight. I don't think it's as good as the Dark Knight Rises. And the Warriors needs a remake. Respect I... a respectful remake, not a Hollywood. Bleh, let me throw some money at you because the the title's a cult classic. Yeah, it would be weird to see, like, a polished version of the Warriors. I don't think I'd like it. It'd have to be mm. the same, like, kind of low quality. It like, needs that gritty factor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. All right, uh, Kiani, finish us off. Kiani! Okay, Kiani! Um, the last one that I have is actually an anime. Um, oh. And this is fairly new, and forgive me if I mispronounce the first part of this, but it's Mushoku Tensai Jobless Reincarnation. Um, and mm-hmm. it's basically when a 34 year old underachiever, um, hopeless and jobless Japanese man gets run over by a bus. His story doesn't end there. He gets reincarnated in a new world as an infant. Um, oh, no. he gets, yeah, he gets reincarnated as an infant, but like he still has all of his memory from when he was. So he's a fucking 34 year old man in this infant's body. Like that's hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. but his first thing, because like his mom's about to feed him, he's like titties. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, so he's a slight fucking pervert, but it's it's not like what the fuck. It's not too much to me. The pervertness isn't too much because I find with a lot of animes, you tend to like sometimes it's ridiculous. Like it'll just be randomly throughout the story, it'll be panning to a girl's ass, and I'm just like, okay, this is too much. Or, like, every single thing is a sexual innuendo. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, um, that's that's what anime is, right? Not all of it, no, not at all. Um, not really even that much. Yeah, but, like, okay. I, I can deal with, like, a, you know, a small amount of it because I, myself, am also a pervert, so it's, like, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm right in humor. See? Like, now you're being real with yourself, Keanu. Oh, listen, I've always said that I'm a pervert. We all know that. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, true. I'm, Her nickname is the, the kinky co-host. I have lived yeah. with Keanu. She's a person. <laughs> oh, you got it. You know, some people you could just meet without them saying anything. It's not an appearance thing. It's just an aura. And you're like, yeah. 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 She's a pervert. Um, she looks like the type of person to say poop noodles. Yeah. Well, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. Uh, um, Call yeah. back. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so he, he reincarnates into like a fantasy type world. He's the son of a swordsman and the wife of a healer, like a magical healer. And because he has like all his memories, memories from his previous life, he like, his name's Rudius. He like quickly learns to read and eventually starts practicing magic. And he has like an aptitude for it. So they like hire him a, a, a tutor and stuff like that. And it ends up, the world ends up, there ends up being this like mana disaster where mm. like people people end up getting like uh, basically like teleported to other parts of the planet and and like all over the place and so people are trying to like get back and stuff and that was like the first season or whatever so it was basically that's a pretty like, cool setup he, yeah, yeah. he gets like tell and he's like he's a child he's like ten but like I said he has the memories of the thirty four year old so he like really builds up his magic and he and he like ends up like forming this guild and stuff like that so that he can like try to find people or get back to his parents or whatever. Um, but it, it just ends up, it's, 
it's pretty intense, a little bloody and gory at times. And, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's got the right amount of humor, the right amount of like, there's also this character who like, she has to have sex all the time. Like she has like a curse laid on her that she will literally like dwindle away if she does not. Uh, and so I understand that feeling. And her name is Keanu. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is me. Plot um, twist. <laughs> plot twist. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's really good. I've started it on the second season. I don't. I didn't really make any notes on the second season so far, um, but it's really good, really funny. Um, also, like I said, good amount of action, adventure, a little bit of romance. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think it's definitely worth a watch, and you can find it on Funimation, I believe. So again, mm. jobless reincarnation. I'm sorry. What was that? Jobless reincarnation i thought you said god bless reincarnation i'm like we're doing that it's not even sunday you know what my first thought would be if i died and woke up in a baby's body hmm. god damn it i thought it was over I why we're done why am i doing this? i thought that was the trade-off <laughs> and the second one would be titties right i mean it would be up there yeah it would be up there it looks at the doc the male doctor titties he was basically like a shut-in like when he was because he had mm. bullied and so he like ended up basically being like agoraphobic and didn't want to go outside and so like this whole thing like he like has to overcome a lot of his shit in this lifetime that was like obviously like the trauma and shit from his past because it's like it's a whole different world it's a whole different thing but like his nerdy self is also like fuck yeah magic I mean, that would be a pretty good trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well. Well, yeah, I'm the last. I'm like, who's the... Anybody got any Yeah, I mean, this is normally... Or are we... Well, here's what I'm going to go ahead and say. Uh, Check out Zesty Festy Spaghetti Sauce uh, for the basic bitch. For the basic bitch inside of all of us. And don't forget the musical that's going to be on Off-Broadway starring Vanilla Ice, Attorney at Law. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Directed by Spike Lee and written by Kevin Smith. Brought to you by What About My Opinion, White Guys Opinion Consulting Firm. And uh, co-produced by uh, uh, the Poop Noodle Titty Milk. Uh, mm. <laughs> Is that like chocolate milk? I guess. That's how yoo-hoos are made. It's funny because like... <laughs> That's why you who tastes like ass and titties. I love you who's. It's a, get some chocolate syrup and water and well, tell me if it's well, the same because I heard it was. That's basically what it tastes like. Is chocolate okay. Water. That's I, probably I don't like it. I don't know if it's yeah. the same or not. I just it's just nostalgic for me. Like because when my dad would pick us up on the weekends, when he did pick mm-hmm. us up on the weekends, um, we would we would because his he was always fucking half hungover. Um, so he well he was either just hungover or tired. I'm not sure which. I think it was hungover. Um, tired o- you could say tired over tired that's over. a thing um, yeah but we would always stop at the gas station and it was honey buns and yoohoo's like that was- okay so that, like- that ain't uh, too yeah. bad i mean when i was a kid i was okay with yoohoo's yeah yeah, yeah. And honey buns especially i'd like, brought my teeth out so like i still have the occasional i'm like man you know what i really want an ice cold fucking yoohoo oh yeah brother but i can't really drink i can't drink chocolate milk again IBS. yeah 
Well, I, I, I'm not supposed to since developing the, that it's, that stuff supposed to drink milk, but I love milk because mine's also nostalgic, sort of related to my dad. He can't drink milk, and I used to flex that all the time that I could. <laughs> You're sitting there dancing in front of him, drinking chocolate milk. Look at me with my milk, motherfucker. You fucking, you fucking soy boy. You know that kind of energy, Adam. I don't consume dairy, you goddamn <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right so without further ado Keani, tell the people where they can find the things and the stuffs that you do uh you can find me at abundant studio on instagram and tiktok and of course robots donate to the podcast everywhere it's on all the things the places the peoples there's a tattoo in the back of cj's neck that he hasn't noticed yet you can follow that as well hey yeah i'm sorry i was uh, no, I know no, we I, don't edit it, so I was trying to <laughs> trying to not step on uh, your thing. Well, uh, yeah. What do you, what do you have, CJ? Tell us, since you're so fucking determined to interrupt me at every goddamn <laughs> turn. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say, you know, they can't find me anywhere. I'll find them. But one part of wisdom I can impart on you is that in France, the the punishment for smoking marijuana in the street is that two police officers will handcuff you, and the other one will give you purple nurples. So, yeah. don't smoke weed in France. I might like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or do, if you're <laughs> if you're down, you know. You know what? We're not I got sensitive you. nipples, so I'm not going. We're not going to tell you to do it or not. We're just giving you the information to yeah. do it as you please. I'm going to Switzerland where they give you rim jobs for doing that. What? <laughs> well, I have a passport already, so I guess I'm going to go on vacation. Oh, I don't. I'm just going to sneak in the wheel cargo area, you know, where the wheels go. Oh, so you're gonna die? <laughs> you know where they were banging on Soul Plane? That thing. Oh, okay, okay. Again, I'm not cutting into this. No, I expect none of that. You better not censor my rat. Alright, alright. Anyways, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Be sure to check out Band Camp. That's B A N N E D Camp. So they're talking about the Outsiders. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? They rule. Love you guys. Yeah. Love you. Fucking don't tell them that. I life. do love them. Nobody loves them. Love them. Oh, I do now because, you know, them. we've been through all this together just now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if anyone gets to this point, just like in the last episode CJ and I did where we rambled for a few minutes afterwards, I do love them. That, is, that is respect. It's bonus content. You don't even have to pay for the Patreon yet. Yeah, exactly. We haven't gotten the Patreon yet, but when we do, when you'll have to pay something. Yeah, get you a free Discord uh, <laughs> sugar nips sticker. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you that Discord sugar nip sticker, sticker that CJ made. Yeah, it's you great. That's what I'm. No, the one of me playing sugar nips with Twizzlers taped to my nipples. Oh he made it a sticker god. for Discord. Oh my god. <laughs> that that's you at your finest. I need you to drop yes. it in the Discord so I can see it. <laughs> All right. Anyways, you'll you'll get that. That's now a promise we're making. Goodbye. All right, guys. Thanks for coming.